well, let's jump into this message, and I want to open up Matthew chapter 14. We're going to read this, and then we'll jump right into this sermon. Matthew 14, 25 through 29. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. In this series, How to Hear the Voice of God, we've discussed that our prayer life, our relationship with God should not just be one way. God desires a two-way relationship with us where, yes, he hears our voice, but we also hear his voice. But sometimes when we're praying and we're listening to the voice of God, we hear something, but we're not sure if it's really God. So the title of my message today is, God, is it really you? Let's pray. Dear Father, I just pray that we wouldn't just be hearers of your word and hearers of your voice, but doers of your word. I pray that you'd bless this sermon, that it would be your words, not mine. Anything that's of me, I pray that it would fall to the ground. And anything that's of you, I pray that it would reap a great fruit, a great harvest. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. God, is it really you? I'm hearing a lot of voices. How do I know it's actually God speaking to me? Have you ever had a text conversation with someone and you realize, I don't know who I'm talking to? Have you ever started a conversation with someone new and then you're 20 minutes into the conversation and you realize, I don't know your name. And it's too late in this conversation to ask who's been there. You know, sometimes we have these conversations and we don't even know who we're talking to. I, in the spirit of memes, as Pastor Amritha coined last week, I found these text conversations online where people did not know who they were talking to. Do you want to see some of these? They are pretty hilarious. Let's put one on the screen. So, uh, uh, a random number. Is it okay to turn off your vacuum? There's a problem on the vacuum. Who is this? Taysu. Never shut the, <laughs> off the vacuum, ever. <laughs> I love that. When you get in a conversation with someone you don't know, things get crazy really fast. Let's do another one. Hey, mate, my name's Mario. Just wanted to know if you could come and take a look at the car you have for sale. After 5 p.m. is good for me. When are you available? Cheers. I should be available after 6 tomorrow. Good night, beautiful. <laughs> Cannot wait to have you in my arms. Love and miss you heaps. XOXOXO. Look, man, I'm just interested in the car. <laughs> Who am I talking to? What? You guys, I, do you guys need another one? All right, all right. Okay, I can't believe how cheap green beans are. Who is this? And what green beans? Like from the store. What store? Who is this? Who's talking to me? Do you guys understand this concept or do you need another one? Yeah, you know, okay. All right, uh, Jessica, Jessica, do I look like a Jessica? <laughs> do you get it yet or do you need another? Okay, another, here, here we go. What's up, queen? Who is this? Who else calls you queen? My fault, wrong number. Wait, 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 I'll be your queen. Come, come back. <laughs> You know, sometimes in our relationship with God, we ask God, speak to me, please, but we're not sure it's really 
God, and we end up having these weird conversations. Like, is that just me? Is that something else? In, uh, in high school, my friend Ben, and you met him, he's the first, him and his wife are the first missionaries Kalos Church is supporting. Actually, they just moved to Japan this week. They've been there like two days. But Ben was my first Christian friend, and so we have gone on so many adventures together. We've done a lot of life together, and because of that, our jokes started to sound the same, our puns, our, the cadence of our voice, the tone, how we communicate. Many of you who met Ben uh, in December were like, I just met white Pradeepin. You guys are, who, who had that experience? You're like, I am confused. Who am I talking to? And it was so bad in high school. Like, we hadn't lived around each other for a while. But back in high school, we were together every day. And our voices on the phone were so hard to distinguish. In fact, sometimes Ben's mom would call him on the phone, and he would say, hey, Pradeepin, pick up the phone. And I'd go, hey, mom. <laughs> it's me, Ben. And we'd have like a 15-minute conversation. She could not tell our voices apart. And then Ben would pick up the phone. Mom, you haven't been talking to Ben Block. You've been talking to Pradeepin G. Manoa and Steve Miranda. You can't tell the difference. Mama, I'm hurt. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. We did this so many times. To this day, sometimes his mom will be talking to him on the phone and she'll go, Ben, wait, wait, wait. Is this pretty, Ben? Is this pretty, Ben? Is this really my, mom, it's me. Why can't you tell me apart? Mom, I'm, I'm, I'm Norwegian. You can't tell me apart from this Sri Lankan man? Come on. And I, I just feel like in this passage we read about Peter, he sees this figure walking on the water at 3 o'clock in the morning. They're on the boat. They're on the water. And he has an experience just like Ben's mom had, just like these people had on their text messages. Like, who is that? Who is communicating? What, what am I seeing? Is this God? Is this something else? It's 3 a.m. They're on a boat. They see Jesus, but they're not sure it's, if it's Jesus or not. And they, they're like, it's a ghost. And then Jesus speaks up. It's like, hey, don't be afraid. It's, it's me, Jesus. And then Peter says something really crazy. He's like, okay, all right, ghost, I'm going to outsmart you. If you're a ghost, tell me to walk on the water. And you know how there's a character in the Bible called Doubting Thomas because he, he doubted if Jesus really resurrected from the grave? I almost want to relabel in this story uh, Peter as trusting Peter. Because I'm going to be honest with you. If I'm a ghost, I'm going to tell Peter to walk on the water. This is a horrible test to find out if it's Jesus. Hey, if it's you, Jesus, tell me to walk on the water. If I'm a ghost, I'm not thinking, oh, I'm not Jesus. I don't want him to suffer. If I'm a ghost, I'm like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you so bad. Peter, walk on the water. Let's see what happens. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe I'm not as trusting as Peter, because if I was in the story, if I was on that boat, and I wasn't sure if it was Jesus, I'd say, all right, hey, if you're really Jesus, give me a Nintendo Switch with Super Smash Brothers, because I don't own one yet, and I really want one. <laughs> and then I'll know it's really you, Jesus. But thankfully, trusting Peter has a true encounter with Jesus. And Jesus says, okay, yes, come, walk in the water. And Peter walks in the water, and it's an amazing story. 
But have you ever had a situation like Peter or like Ben's mom or like these memes where you're like, God, is it really you? Is that you speaking to me? Oftentimes when I'm praying, I have to filter through four voices that I hear in my head. And uh, I don't know if you guys have this experience, but here, here's some four voices we might hear sometimes when we're praying and we're trying to hear the voice of God. Yes, we might be hearing God's voice. That's the question. Am I hearing God's voice? Or am I, am I hearing the devil talk to me? Is the devil speaking to me? Or am I hearing people's voices? Is that just something I heard in a sermon or something people were talking about, something I just remember? Or is that just my voice? How do I tell the difference between my own voice and God's voice? How do I know it's just not my conscious, my, my thoughts? And this is something we as believers, we who are trying to hear the voice of God, these are voices we really need to distinguish between. And uh, it's an old trick from the devil throughout the very first book of the Bible to try to get us to question if we're hearing the voice of God. In Genesis 3.1, this is in the Garden of Eden. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So this is right after God said, don't eat any of these fruits, the, the fruit of death and life, the, the fruit of truth and knowledge, all these different things that they can't eat, but there's just this one tree that they can't eat from. And then here comes the serpent or the devil saying something to get them to question, am I really hearing the voice of God? God, is it really you? Did God really say? And the scripture that we started off this whole series from in John 10, how we are the sheep of God and by being sheep, we are ones who can hear the voice of God. But Jesus also has a warning about all these different voices you might encounter that I encounter. In John 10, he says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice. And we are sheep when we follow Jesus and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And after he has gathered his flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. But here's the, here's the reality. There are other voices that says they won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. And here's a promise that when we become sheep that follow God, we can distinguish between the good shepherd's voice and the robber's voice, the thief's voice. There is hope for all of us who maybe feel like, I will never understand the voice of God. I can't understand the voice of God. I want to let you know that you can hear the voice of God. God has called you. He loves you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to communicate to you. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't say that you're unworthy. You're amazing. You're children of God. And as you commit to following God, you are his sheep. And it is his great pleasure to communicate with you and to have a two-way relationship with you. Amen. And so Jesus warns us, though, about these different voices. And so in 1 John 4.1, another scripture that I think will frame the rest of the sermon, we hear this scripture, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. And so in this scripture, we are taught to test spirits. We are taught to test between what is of God what is of the robber, what is just of us, what is of flesh, what is of spirit. And so today in this message, I want to bring forth four tests that I use to help me distinguish, God, is it really you? 
God, is that really you speaking to me? And I believe that this will be a grid, this will be a filter to help you walk confidently in hearing the voice of God because we need the voice of God. I can't go a week without hearing the voice of God. I, it's a lifeline for me. It's a lifeline for you and your families. You need the voice of God. In your careers, you need the voice of God. In your health, you need the voice of God. In your finances, we need the voice of God. As Kalos Church, we need the voice of God. There's a whole community to reach. There's a whole community walking in darkness. There's a whole community being ravished by darkness and death and the robber, and there needs to be a community that steps up and says, God, I will make time and space to hear your voice, and I need to walk confidently in following your voice. And so I'm going to share four questions and four tests that help me know if I'm really hearing from the voice of God. So let's put up these four. For those of you who like to take notes by taking pictures, here's an overview of the four questions. So you can just... Snap those pictures away if you want. Where are my picture takers during notes? Come on, somebody. You can't raise your hand because your phones are in the air. <laughs> so four questions to know if it's God. Does it line up with scripture? Does it bring you closer to Jesus? Does your community agree? Does it bring you peace? These are not exhaustive, but they are a good start, something that I use to this very day from the beginning of my journey with hearing the voice of God. So number one, does it line up with scripture? Does it line up with scripture? I want you to notice this. The first question is not does it bring me peace. The first question starts with God's word, and these are in order of priority. So the first priority is this. Does it line up with scripture? Does it go according to the overall narrative of the gospel and the story of the Bible and Big point for this is this. The spoken voice of God won't con contradict the written word of God. When you're hearing the voice of God, things can get really crazy really fast. And so first and foremost, we need to make sure that the spoken word of God, the things that we're hearing in our heads or in our hearts, things that we're feeling, uh, do not contradict the written word of God. In the scriptures, Jesus was walking through some fields with his disciples, and they were doing some things that uh, the religious leaders of the day had a problem with. They saw that the disciples were eating some grain on the Sabbath, and Jesus does not respond to this with his own feelings or his own thoughts. When faced with this accusation, Jesus responds with scripture. Let me read this. In Matthew 12, it says, at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. And then Jesus, he answers not with his own feelings and thoughts. He answered, Haven't you read? He goes back to the scripture, what David did when he and his companions were hungry. And that's a totally different story. But I want to focus on the fact that Jesus didn't just refer to thoughts, feelings. He didn't even start with peace. He started off with, Haven't you read? read. He goes straight towards the scripture. And when you're hearing the voice of God, if it doesn't line up with the scripture, if you're like, God, would you speak to me? I want you to murder everybody. Then you, you're, you're like, oh, thou shalt not murder or lo love your neighbor as yourself. You're like, I don't think this lines up with the whole narrative of scripture. Does that make sense? You know, a, a great way for me to understand hearing the voice of God and 
his desire to speak to all of us is kind of like a Wi-Fi signal. Right now in the air, there is a Wi-Fi signal. And we can't really discern it, we can't really see it, I can't hear it, I can't really smell it, but there's messages in the air right now, texts, emails, videos, cat pictures, all in the air right now that we could access. And uh, my neighbor has like this huge mansion. There's like 15 rooms, three full kitchens. It's a huge house. And uh, they have a Wi-Fi network and it's labeled in this mansion that's kind of creepy but kind of really posh. The Wi-Fi signal network is you'll never leave, which <laughs> makes me afraid to ever enter that mansion. What's going on in there? <laughs> and uh, anyways, I can't, I can't access their messages. I can't access their network because I don't have their password. And right now, there's a whole bunch of messages and signals. There's God wanting to speak to us, but unless we're, we're tuned into God's network, we're not going to hear what he's saying as well. Unless we're tuned in. If I don't have a phone or a computer, it's hard for me to access what God is speaking. And I, I believe the most common way God speaks to me is through his word. It's like I can, I can log into God's network every time I open up the Bible. And when I'm hearing from God, I make sure that everything lines up with his word. Everything lines up with the entire story. If you're hearing the voice of God and you're, you're hearing things that are condemning, that are filling you with confusion, that are telling you to do things that don't line up with the word, you're not in God's network. You're not accessing the right messages. We need to log into what God is saying uh, and not be stuck in the you'll never leave <laughs> network. And so my starting point is always, does this line up with the word of God? Because God's not going to contradict with the spoken voice what he communicated with his written voice. Amen? So line it up with the word of God. Number two, a question that I ask myself when I, I hear a message is really important because as we've talked about in this series, not everything in the Bible is very specific to your certain scenario, right? The example I gave before is, God, who am I supposed to marry? Well, I'm not going to find Amritha in the Bible because her name is not in the Bible. So anybody only wanting to hear the voice of God through the scriptures will never marry Amritha, hashtag forever alone. But now she's pregnant, praise God, for the voice of God. And so you might be in a scenario where like, you know, Pastor Pradeepan, all right, I want to hear the voice of God, but I, I don't have a chapter and verse from the Bible. Like, am I supposed to take this job or this job? Am I supposed to live in this state or this state? Am I supposed to marry this person or this person? It, there's no chapter and verse. So we need, we need some more filters to help us. Yes, we start with the scripture and things are lining up with the word of God, but we need a little more direction. We little, need a little more detail. The question I ask is this. Does it bring you closer to Jesus? Does it bring you closer to Jesus? Because we know that Jesus is the source of all life. Apart from Jesus, we experience death with Jesus connected to the source of life. We experience true life and life abundantly, and we know that the robber wants to steal, 
kill, and destroy, according to John 10.10. But Jesus is the good shepherd. He wants us to experience life and life abundantly. And so we line up all these things and we ask, does this bring me closer to Jesus? Sometimes when we have a thought or a temptation, we think, oh, this is God. It's like, I, I, should, I should really do something that doesn't line up with the scripture. I should do something that could potentially hurt my relationship with God. And James 1, kind of talking about this a little bit, says, and remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting you. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. And so I, I, I have to really serve in my heart. Does this voice sound more like my own sinful desires and temptations? Because let's be honest, when we want something bad enough, we'll justify all sorts of things. And we, we will think it's God, but really it's just our heart. And it's a temptation. And it's a, a desire towards sin. So I, all the time, I mean, there's so many times I see people making decisions, and you can just tell this is really going to harm their relationship with Jesus. Hey, Pastor Pradeem, I'm just really wondering, you know, there, there's this job I'm thinking about taking, but then I, I won't ever be able to come to church. I won't ever be able to engage in a small group. I won't have any spiritual community around me. Uh, do you think I should take this job? I'm like, well, do you think that's going to bring you closer to Jesus? High schoolers, I, I really feel like, you know, should I go to this university or this university? What, what, what's going to bring you closer to Jesus? Or uh, this, I mean, we're about to go in a relationship in series called Relation Slips, because we've all slipped up in relationships, but uh, I'm excited about that. But I see this all the time. Hey, Pastor Pradeep, and there's this, there's this non-Christian person that I'm really thinking about dating or getting married to. They won't ever go to church and they get really awkward when I'm, when I'm praying. And uh, should I, do you think I should be in a relationship with this person? Because they're, they're really a moral person. And this person really treats me nice. They, get, they give me flowers. Should I, and I, I'm just like, hey, does the biggest relationship in your life, do you think it's going to pull you towards Jesus or away from Jesus? Like, as you make that decision, could you just consider Jesus? And your question, like, how's your relationship with him doing if he's a source of life, is this going to increase life for you? Or is it going to increase death for you? And uh, if something is pulling you away from Jesus, it is not of Jesus. All right? As we are wondering, is this the voice of God? If something is pulling you away from Jesus, it is not of Jesus. I, I wrote this in a weird way. It's not quite a rhyme. And in my voice, in my, in my head, it sounds fun to say it. But it, if it, it, how did I say, if it, if it stops you, can we put this quote up? If it stops you, if it takes you from the loud, it's got to God. Is that right? <laughs> if it takes you from the low, it's got to go. Can we say that all together? No. If it takes you from the low, it's got to go. What do you think? Does that rhyme? Is that a stretch? Is that a stretch? So who, who thinks it works? Who, who, who thinks it's a huge stretch? Who's convicted in their heart? Who's putting this through their filter? Is this taking you closer to Jesus or away from Jesus? Is this of God? If it takes you from the low, it's got to go. 
<laughs> I don't know if that's of God or not, but. <laughs> we'll go, we'll but I mean, this is a great question. Hey, Pastor Fredeepin, should I, should I make this purchase? But if I, if I do, I, I won't be able to tithe anymore. And I know my heart follows where my treasure is. And if my treasure is being placed in the wealth of this world and not in the riches of the kingdom, where's your heart going to go? Because your heart always follows your money. So is it pulling you closer to Jesus or away from Jesus? And uh, come on, if it, if it pulls you from the low, I gotta go. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a reality. If it pulls you from the low, I Number three. <laughs> Let's get away from that point. <laughs> you know you're gonna say that, and you're not even gonna quote me or give me credit for it. You're gonna be like, man, I was just praying I had this thought. If it pulls you from the low, I gotta go. Like, that was me. You quote. When you say that, okay? All right, number three. Does your community agree? Does your community agree? I love this. I'm so passionate about this point. In Acts 15, 28, this is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. It, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. So this is the early church. They're trying to figure out some uh, just parameters for their faith. And they, they had this statement, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. When we hear the voice of God, I want to encourage you that God will confirm his voice. And you should not just hear the voice of God in isolation. Things get really dangerous. That's how cults form. When you only hear from God and you're afraid to let anybody else speak into it at all. And I like that as the church was gaining momentum and looking for direction, they didn't just have one spiritual leader hearing the voice of God, and that was it. No, they said, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. This community, as Kalos Church, that's why it's so important that we're all involved in what we're doing here. I don't want to be the only one that hears from God at Kalos Church. Pastor Mepha does not want to be the only one that hears from God. Things get really out of order and controlling and mean and abusive when just one person hears from the voice of God. At the same time, there's so many times where I see this a lot with people who are new into spirituality and hearing the voice of God. They're like, I heard from God. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going for it. And there is a time where you have to stand your ground and you have to stand on a work God has given you. But if you're afraid to let anybody who loves you in on it, if you're afraid to let any spiritual authority or like pastors or small group leaders or department heads speak into it, you're probably not hearing from a God because you're, you're, you're afraid to bring it into the light. And God doesn't keep things in the darkness. God is light. And so many times I get this. Hey, uh, Pastor Pradeepin, uh, God told me to do this. What should I do? And it's like a really bad decision. You know? Hey, God, God told me to, like, buy ten houses and I don't have enough money, but I'm just going to go into crazy debt for it. Like, uh, all right, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, but what, what options do I have as a pastor at that point? Oh, all right, well, as your pastor, I just want to say, don't follow the voice of the Lord. Like, that sounds weird, right? <laughs> don't follow God. Listen to me. Like, no, that, that, so what happens is when you go to someone and you just say, hey, God told me this, you tie the hands of anybody who could help you. Hey, 
God told me to marry you. Sorry, free will. You have no choice. Does December 14th work well for you? Like, this person doesn't have a say. There's no, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and us moment. You know, we need to start being open to speaking and asking for others to input on our big decisions. Otherwise, we're just like, we're doomed to face the problems of isolation. You know, like, when you're about to make a big purchase, I'd encourage you, pray about it, but ask someone who is good with finances. Is this a good idea? Should I do this? A lot of times, what, let's be honest, can we be real here? When we're making a big decision and our heart already wants something, we go find people who will confirm what we're already thinking, right? We don't ask the person who's good with finances, we ask our crazy uncle who's like, oh yeah, that, I mean, you, you, you can get an extra job and that's not the best interest rate, but you know what? The world's gonna end soon anyways. Did you see what Al Gore did with global warming? Like, just go, go buy it, live, live and die. Woohoo! Like, what? <laughs> like, I mean, we, we look for people who just tell us what we want. Hey, this person who's been in bad relationship after bad relationship, we're like, hey, should I, you think I should marry this person? Yeah! What's the worst that could happen? Look at me. Like, no, whoa! Like, don't, like, seek out godly counsel. Have a moment where it seems good to the Holy Spirit and us. In Proverbs 12, 15, the scripture says, the way of the fool seems right to them, but the wise will listen to advice. Proverbs 24, 6, surely you need guidance to wage war, and victory is won through many advisors. Bring people into your God moment. God doesn't want his voice to stay in the dark. If you're afraid to bring something into the light, it's probably not of God. Bring it into the light. We're passionate, not, a, not just being a friendly church, but a church of friends. We want to do life together. We believe we are better together, amen? God speaks to us, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. I remember... Uh, uh, I was in this uh, church gathering, and it was, it was, it was pretty cool, but at, at one point, this person got up to share, like, a prophetic message from God. Like, they said they, they heard a message from God, and they wanted to share it, and they, they asked Amritha to come up to the front, like, on the stage area, for everyone to hear this. And this person began to speak really negative, mean things about Pastor Amritha. Just like blasting. And the, the atmosphere in the room got really uncomfortable and awkward. And we're like, what is going on? And like, as you study prophecy in the scriptures, it's like, it's meant to uplift and encourage. And here is this like spiritual leader saying mean, negative things, tearing her down publicly in front of a lot of people. And uh, I, I went to her and I just go, Amritha, after this thing, I said, hey, I know, I know this person, like spiritual leader, had a platform, used the microphone to really bring condemnation. I just want to let you know, like, God's not condemning you. Uh, and as, as your husband, like, I just don't agree with this. That's not, I think that was not of God. And don't, don't just, like, keep that word between you and God. Don't just let that 
word being in the darkness. Don't let it just fester immediately. Let's bring that into the light. Let's, let's pray. And we got some friends, and we prayed, and we encouraged her. And I'm just so thankful for moments like that in community where we can keep each other from getting super weird. Amen? Have you ever had a friend who gets a little too spiritual too fast? And it's not, it's not producing fruit. It's just weird. You're just like, what is going Because they, they won't. It's just between them and God. They won't respect any friendship. They won't respect any community. They don't respect any pastor. They won't let any small group leader. It's just like, hey, I got to do this thing. I won't have any safety in the multitude of counselors. And things get really weird really fast. So that's why this, part, this question is so important. And just in general, let me share this. We need to be a teachable community. We, we need to be okay with friends that love us, that love God, that love the church. Those, those are filters I use. We need to be okay with those kind of people criticizing us and challenging us. Even as a pastor, you guys make me better. I get called out in a loving way. I pray about it. I think about it. I process it. And I try to grow. I'm not above being teachable. And neither are anybody in this community. Amen. And uh, this isn't necessarily part of my message, but I just I want to have a nice quote for you guys on being teachable. If you aren't teachable, you've maxed out your potential. If you're not teachable, if you don't let people speak into you, if you're offended every time someone who loves you tries to help you grow, you've maxed out as a person. Can you let someone love you even when it hurts? I mean, let's stop walking around with food in our teeth and we're offended because someone tells us. Let's help each other grow. Let's get over our offense and let's grow in Christ. Let's love one another. Let's call each other out in love, okay? But if you're not teachable, if you're not willing to let people speak into your life, you've maxed out as a person. Let's be teachable. Let's grow. Amen? Amen. All right, number four. God, is that really you? I ask this. Does it bring you peace? Does it bring you peace? And we touched on this in the ways that God speaks. Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. So remember, rule in the Greek, that's like the same word where we get umpire. So let the peace of God tell you what's right, what's wrong. Is this the devil? Is this me? Is this someone else? Or is this God? And so I, I will literally just ask God, give me a peace about this. Is this really you? And even when things are crazy, God will give us a peace that surpasses understanding. Even when everything in the natural looks wrong, we can know it's the peace of God. We can know it's the peace of God. So I, I will sometimes even say, like, God, you know, all right, here I am in Florida. This is when we were thinking about church planting. We're in Florida. Should we plant Kalos Church in Florida? This was like three years ago. Actually, two years ago, I think today, was in, when Pastor Amritha and I moved here, which is crazy, just two years ago. So about three years ago, we flew to Florida, thought about planting the church there. We would literally just kind of sit still. Lord, should we start this church in Florida by the beaches, by the dolphins? Lord, should we drink this daiquiri for you? Like, what, what, what do you want? And uh, we just didn't feel a piece about it. You know, even as we just threw it out before the Lord, we are moving to Florida. <clears throat> no peace. And then, had a dream, remember? Considered Bellevue, moved here. Oh, actually, we scouted out here first, and I remember going to the scare, staircase loop trail in the Olympic National Park. Anybody been there? The staircase is beautiful. 
in a, a group of us who are scouting out, should we plant a church in Washington? Remember being by this waterfall and the glorious nature and mountains? It's just as beautiful, if not more, than Florida. But, Lord, should we start the church here in Washington, in the Seattle area? And it was the peace of God. And we just felt like this is right. You can do that. And I, I want you to notice this, that this is the last on the list for a reason. Most of the time in our American culture, we ask ourselves this, do I have a peace or does it make me happy? We start there. But I want to let you know that that will not lead to the life Jesus offers. This is the last because first, we start with God. We start with God. We start on that foundation. We log into God's network. And once we're navigating in that network, we ask ourselves, does this bring me closer to Jesus? And then from there, we invite a community in. And uh, does the community agree with this? Like, am I just alone in this decision? And then we ask, does this bring me peace? These are in order of priority. And I believe that God will bring us a peace that surpasses understanding. So I want to encourage all of us, as we're hearing from the voice of God, let's, let's bring this grid and this filter into our lives. And I, I believe God is speaking to you. There's signals all throughout this air. There's, there's a spiritual Wi-Fi network, and as we press into Jesus, as we make time and space for him, as we say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I believe God is going to speak to all of us. I believe that God loves you. Jesus is not, he doesn't just love you, he's in love with you, and he has a personal message just for you. We're just going to line up with the word of God. It's going to bring you closer to Jesus. Your community is going to confirm, and you will have peace of God. Use this grid when you're making decisions. And I believe that we will hear the voice of God together. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for your voice. Thank you so much that you're speaking to us. And I pray that as we've been equipped to know the ways you speak, the fact that you do speak, how you speak, and even some filters to know if it's you, the devil, our voice, other people. I pray that you just open up our ears, even right now. Lord, I just pray a blessing over all of us. I pray right now, like, you would open up our ears to hear your voice. Open up our ears. Lord, speak. We are listening. We're your humble servants. Even right now, ears open up in the name of Jesus. Ears open up to hear the voice of the Lord. You know, we're about to transition. You guys can open up your eyes again. I'm just so proud of you all for going through this journey and this 21-day fast prayer. And we're breaking the fast tonight. And I'm so pumped about that. Anybody with me? I mean, this fast is not fast. You know what I'm saying? But I, 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 I want to let you know that Jesus loves you so much. And I, that's why we want to hear his voice. Some of you need love. You need an extra dose of peace. You need life. And I, I believe that's all connected to the voice of Jesus. And if you're in this place and you're just like, I need a surrender to Jesus. I need a relationship with him. I need a fresh start. I want to give you an opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus. And it's honestly the best thing you could ever do in your life. It connects you to so many amazing things. He loves you. He wants a two-way relationship with you. So in a moment, I'm going to have us bow our heads and close our eyes again and I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm just going to ask you to briefly slip up your hand if you want prayer. 
give your life to Jesus, maybe for the first time, or maybe as a recommitment, maybe you've drifted away and you just need something to say, hey, God, you know what? I'm sorry, but I, I, I've messed up, but I want to be with you. I want a thriving two-way relationship. So I'm going to pray for you if that's you. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're saying, hey, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want a relationship with Jesus. I want a fresh start. On the count of three, would you lift up your hand boldly and put it down? One, two, three. Let's lift it up boldly so I can see. Awesome. Can you see your hand? You can put your hand up. Put your hand up if, if there's anybody else. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to pray for you. Hey, let's pray this prayer together, especially if you raise your hand. Let's pray this all at the same time. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can we give it up for Jesus and life transformation?